0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our die-hard bonehead fans.
0: Boys. it's turkey time boys the boys are back and if you're listening to this that means the world did not collapse in on itself overnight and i for one am going to count that as a win we are here we are back grant might be dying but we are going to break down and talk about k-state versus oklahoma state grant You don't have to get into details if you don't want to, but how are you feeling?
2: (laughs) I don't think – I mean, I hope I'm not dying. Um, I just – you know, another fucking COVID uh, encounter that I'm going to have to get uh, tested for. I have a little bit of a dry cough and was in contact with a legitimate positive. And, you know, nice wedding super spreader. So (laughs) who the hell knows? (laughs) Hopefully – you know, it's nothing, but there was an actual positive that I was hanging out with quite a bit over the weekend, so here we go yeah, once thank, again. Yeah, thank God for Zoom, though, because,
0: like, I think anyone who's been listening to us long enough knows how sketchy some of those Skype shows would get, and, like, they would sometimes not record, and they're very sketchy, so if we have to take one thing away from this pandemic, it is how reliable uh, Zoom is for podcast remote. So, uh, yeah, I'm just going to call that a win.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Zoom has been an enormous win. It's one of the few positives that's come out of this year.
0: Yep, no, I agree. Um, Another positive, at least for me, is uh, my discovery of Elias and Brewing Company and their pumpkin beers. Again, I'm sadly getting down to my last couple. I'm sipping on the Great Pumpkin, which is their Imperial Pumpkin Ale, which also was my annual, uh, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown Pumpkin Beer, um, and it's just great. So that is the beer of the pot. It looks like you're having water, but guess what? The beer of the pot is brought to you by Bet Online, guys. You're listening to this. Guess what? There's like eight Maction football games tonight. If you're not betting on Maction over at Bet Online, then I don't even know what to tell you. It is the most fun wager you can place. A Wednesday night Maction bet. Send me your bet slip from Bet Online for any Maction bet you place this week, and I will send you a Bosco's Boys koozie. So use promo code Armchair, and you're gonna get a ton of welcome bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I love Bet Online, and I love Maction. dude. Like, yeah. like tonight is the last night where we're not gonna have a football game for, like, the entire month of November. It's – I love it. I I love it. That's, like, our treat. That's America's treat for making it through election season is, okay, guess what? Here's, like, 30 straight days of football.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I miss – you know what? I'm going to say it. I miss Pac-12 after dark, too, even though I think Pac-12 is dog shit. But I definitely miss, like, oh, there's a game starting at 10 p.m. Central time. That's not bad. No,
0: I I, I enjoy Pac-12 after dark. My issue is, since they don't have fans, they're like leaning all into playing games at like 6 a.m. like local time. Like the big noon game on Fox this week is like USC Arizona. So I I don't even – like I don't know how much Pac-12 after dark there is, but I know there's some Mountain West games kicking off late. But one of my favorite Pac-12 after dark stories, last year I was at a wedding. I was someone's wedding date. And afterwards we all went out to Power and Light and we were at PBR Sky Bar or whatever, like 1 a.m. and everyone's like dancing and stuff. I'm just trying to watch that crazy UCLA. I don't even know who it was with, but it was that like five overtime game where the final was like 61
2: to 60. Let's say it was Washington State.
0: Yeah, so, Yeah, it was something like that. And I, here I am. Like, everyone's just trying to have a good time. Like, I'm having a good time, too, just being able to watch, you know, Pac-12 after dark until 3 a.m. until I leave PBR Skybar, which honestly is an abomination. They'll never be a sponsor. But I'm ready for Pac-12 after dark. I'm ready for Max, and I'm ready for late-night Mountain West games, the Mountain West coming back. I think
2: after this week, every single conference is back, and I didn't think we were going to get there. I didn't either. And who the hell knows how it's going to play out especially with how the pack or the Big 10 is just imploding already.
0: Oh, Wisconsin probably has that one game and it was a glorious game for them but they may not play ever. They're going
2: to go 1 and 0. Oh.
0: Yeah, they're going <laughs> to go 1 and 0. Oh. Uh, you know, it's it's just funny. It's it's not funny but like I don't know. I it, it's just been a wild year and we're going to keep going on. But let, let's just get into coach comments press conference. People have heard us talk about non-K-State enough. So uh, he broke down the practice schedule because the NCAA put in a rule, and I like this rule, that there was going to be no competition and no practices today to allow anyone to go out and vote if they want to. So they had practice on Sunday, and yesterday they had a full practice with pads, and it looked more like what they called a Tuesday on a regular game week. It's not going to be any different for any other team, but how do you think the team – is going to be able to bounce back from that physical game with West Virginia and then having their practice schedule basically turned on its head for a week.
2: I mean, I don't know if it's going to (laughs) help with consistency, um, that practice schedule going into one of our tougher games of the year. Um, But hopefully they can ride some of the lows and turn them into highs going into this week. Use that loss, that battering as some motivation. Yep,
0: I agree with you. Klein said that Oklahoma State is an experienced defense that will put pressure on them. Uh, in the, and on the offensive end, they have two great running backs and some of the best wideouts in the country. I think we all know how great Oklahoma State is. Again, without them blowing that game versus Texas, I mean, they would be still like the runaway favorites and you know positioning themselves for a college football playoff. From a pure talent standpoint, do you think they are more talented than Oklahoma this year? oh man and texas for that matter because good question you can can make an argument texas is the number one but I, i mean i think this is the year that oklahoma state fans have just had circled they have the talent they have the experience i mean if i was a
2: cowboy i would have melted down so hard after that game last week i would have too i actually called it in a in a private message before the game started to a buddy and i you just i just got the sense that I just feel like Gundy's a bottler. He's a bit of a bottler. Um, He can't quite get over the hump to become elite. Um, But I don't know. I mean, are they more talented than Oklahoma? I – if you really stack up – like, I would still rather have Spencer Radler. I would obviously rather have – maybe at at the running back position where I feel like it's truly clear-cut. Obviously, Tylen Wallace is an elite wide receiver too, but – Shit, Mims is also fucking great, and he's a freshman, and they have – I mean, Oklahoma has great receivers around him too. So Uh, probably slight edge, I guess, I would give to Oklahoma State talent-wise maybe this year more than others, but it's closer than people think, I would say.
1: Yeah, no, and and I
0: think Coach Kleiman realizes that. Uh, A.J. Parker has started practicing, but it's still uh, unclear whether he will go on Saturday. Here's my question for you, and this kind of goes for Briley Moore. So Briley Moore hasn't started practicing at all. Um, But would you rush them on the field for this game, or would you just say, you know what, we're going to try to do it without you, get to 100% before we play Farmageddon here in two
2: weeks? Uh, um, I mean, I don't know if we can afford to, <laughs> I mean, we have to have those weapons now. Um, I mean, this game is as important as Armageddon is. And when you take them out, uh, you know, it just kind of eliminates uh, enormous chance of us winning at all in this game. I don't think we're gonna win this game anyways, even if we were fucking full strength, it's just a bad matchup for us. But I think you gotta, you gotta shoehorn them in if you can.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Coach said something that I am just going to call BS. He says Deuce was healthy on Saturday. That's where I called BS. Said I that call BS help. with you. Yeah, but, but this is proof. I, I think he's just, you know, sticking up for his guy because he in the same sentence said that he was held out of practices last week with something injury related. Uh, but come Saturday, he was ready to go. Said West Virginia had a great plan to sh- slow him down. I agreed that they had a great bla- game plan to slow him down. But, I mean, H- Coach Kleiman's just, like, lying. Again, healthy is a relative term. But, I mean, there's no no part of Deuce looked healthy in that game. No,
2: he didn't. And I think his um, very, by design, limited touches early on would kind of indicate that he was not fully healthy. Um, I mean, I think that's just coach, coach talk from my, my perspective. But, yeah, even when he did get the ball in his hands, he didn't look 100%. Now he was getting fucking smashed <laughs> uh, as soon as he touched the ball and had three or four defenders pursuing him when he was trying to get to the outside of the field. But um, I don't think he looked 100 at all. No, I agree
0: with you. Um, Said so the defensive line has been really good, and part of that is that they've been able to keep rotation going, keeping guys guys fresh. I can't – I oh, no, there it is. And then uh, we'll get to that in a second. Sorry, I jumped again. So you and I were so critical of the rotation last year. We haven't been as critical this year because I think the drop-off from second line to first line, first line to second line isn't as big. Um, do you think this is truly the ideal way – that they want to run their defense, especially on the defensive line, being able to basically say, all right, first line guys, you're getting 66% of the snaps. second round guys, you guys are getting 33. And that way you're keeping guys, you know, with legs deep in the fourth quarter.
2: I mean, yeah, I think clearly that's how he wants to run it. That's what he's done his entirety of his career at K-State. I think that's what he did at North Dakota State as well. So, I mean, when it works and, I think, you know, the D-line has been a bright spot on our defense and and has progressively improved each game, so I like it. I mean, sometimes maybe you want to keep your better players in there with a higher percentage of snaps, but like last year it bothered me. This year it doesn't bother me nearly as much.
0: Definitely. Uh, I'm going to go out of order a little bit because Kleiman talked about how he thought Drew Wiley has been the MVP of the defense so far. Said he has a great work ethic and is always uh, building and doing things. Uh, Likes what he's been able to do, stopping the run and pass. Uh, Two prongs. One, how great has Drew Wiley been this year? But two, he's not. Are, Are you really calling him the
2: MVP of the defense? No, absolutely not. Um, he's been good. I mean, I, he's had a good year, no doubt. But I wouldn't even put him – I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd even put him top three. Maybe. Maybe third. I mean, he's not better than A.J. Parker has been.
0: <sighs> i put J-Mac in front of him, too. i put
2: J-Mac in front of him. Um, and shit. I mean, there's other people on the line that have performed really, really well consistently. Um, but, but, I, but I think he deserves a lot of respect, no doubt. For him,
0: I feel like it's been every single game because Hubert's had good games. Uh, Khalid Duke has had good games. Even Kamari Gayness has had good games. But I think Wiley has been the best guy on the line for consistency. So um, they said that they thought about going for it near the goal line in Morgantown, so they have to be more productive at getting touchdowns on the red zones. Obviously, no duh. I mean, that's my favorite key to V. It might even show up again later. Um, I think he's – I don't know. I, I just – I I don't even know who asked that question, but I don't know. I. That still kind of bothers me. I really wish
2: they would have gone for that fourth down. Fourth and goal? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I didn't love the play call either. Actually, I don't really fucking remember the play call. The only thing I remember is the rollout pass to Jackson Ean.
0: Yeah, no, the third down play was that uh, – three uh, corner routes uh, that Jimmy has broken down a couple times where he running basically posts at three different levels that you're trying to, you know, open up, you know, yeah. a linebacker, take them with you and it just wasn't there. So, um, and again, uh, talked about the last main thing he's, he said was Briley Moore hasn't practiced yet, but uh, Leonard Leonard's Wheeler and Fox have seen an uptick of snaps in practice. Uh, I, I can't speak to Fox, but again, you know, Leonards and Wheeler have looked solid. I actually think Wheeler is going to have a massive year next year. Um, I think that if you put a gun to my head, if I could only have one of them back, I'd take A.J. Parker over Briley Moore for this game on mm. Saturday. Um, you know, I, again, Wheeler isn't yeah. Briley Moore. He's not Briley Moore. But no. I just I, – I don't know. I have, I have a lot of trust in him, and I even have some trust in Leonard's as long as he doesn't trip over his own big feet.
2: I have no trust in Leonards, but um, I yeah, I would take, gun to my head, I would take A.J. Parker back for sure. Um, I mean, Briley Moore, he's a great weapon, but you can find ways to integrate two tight ends to kind of make up for, you know, at least 80% of Briley Moore's contribution, I would think. Um, and they're not they're going to be less focused on Sammy Wheeler and Nick Lenners, so that would open things up for them more probably, but – AJ Parker is just so fucking important to this defense. I hope we can get him back soon.
0: Yep, yeah, no. And that's all for Coach Kleiman's press conference. Uh, now it's time to get into our game pr- primer sp- sponsored by Manscaped.com. Guys, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. I've actually started to get reports from folks who have bought it and it sounds like it truly is a life-changing product. If you look in the mirror and you see hair coming out of some orifices you don't wanna see, you need that weed whacker. It is a 360 degree rotary blade system that is going 9,000 RPMs. And it is going to make sure you get that all cleaned up. Fellas, 79% of partners pulled admit that long nose and ear hair is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your manscaped routine With the Weed Whacker, if you use promo code armchair over at manscaped.com, you're getting 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's armchair for 20% off and free shipping on everything, including the Weed Whacker, the Lawn Mower 3.0, and the single greatest boxer briefs in the world. I am wearing mine today. When's the last time you wore yours?
2: I think yesterday. I need to get a second pair. I only have one pair, so... There's like one day a week where it's a really good day. Every other day is shit because my, my underwear is just horrendous. But if I get that second pair, I can have two good days a week. Definitely. I love it. So it's time for our
0: game primers. Again, this is the second straight week. I'm, I'm thinking this one's going to come through, but I still haven't received it. So I can't tell you if Philip Slavin from the 1012 Podcast, if his is any good. He's a big Oklahoma State fan. He's doing great things over at the 1012 Podcast. My only critique for them is they have Iowa State fans on a little bit too much for my liking. That's a great Big 12 podcast, and Philip is a good, very smart dude. Everyone heard him on the Big 12 uh, whip around uh, episode. And then the K-State Primer is from—it's er, the host of Settle the Score over at K-State Soup Radio, Colin Settle. I was on his uh, radio show last week, and Colin is a good dude. He's a great bonehead. He's a smart guy. Uh, I, he, he got creative with this primer. It made me laugh. He didn't take any shots at Grant at the end of it, so he's no John Kurtz. But it, it's, a, it's a good primer. So, everyone, make sure you uh, stay tuned, listen to those, and we'll be back and talking to you guys in about uh, 10 12 minutes.
1: Hey, guys. Phillips Laban of the 10 12 Podcast here, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. We are a uh, Big 12 pod, as you can guess put out episodes every Monday and Thursday morning. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. On Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12 of the word podcast. And, of course, 1012pod on Instagram. Now, uh, normally we cover the Big 12 as a whole uh, and do as uh, unbiased a job as we possibly can. Today I am here to talk about the team that is nearest and dearest to my heart. That's the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Cowboys thus far this season are 4-1, and one, suffering their first loss of the year, both total and in Big 12 play against Texas back on Saturday. Well, this is all despite the fact that Spencer Sanders, the starting quarterback, uh, basically has only played the last two games. Uh, played a drive and a snap in the opener against Tulsa. Uh, we had a few games of, uh, of Shane with the two freshmen, taking over. I mean, that's, that's, that's the big story of that. And of course, the Oklahoma State defense. And we'll talk a little bit more about that because it is legitimate. It is legit. It is darn stinking good. At this point, COVID isn't a big factor in this team. Uh, last check, three straight weeks of no positive tests uh, in the athletic department at all. They're doing a really good job with that, or as best as they can so far. So as I mentioned last week, Oklahoma State losing to Texas in overtime, 41-34, to blowing a halftime lead. Look, uh, full credit to Texas, Tom Herman did a good job coaching, but there's absolutely no reason that Texas should have won this game. Period. Biggest reason Texas won this game, Oklahoma State had essentially five turnovers. Okay, two fumbles, two interceptions, uh, and a a running into the punt of the kicker uh, that gave a a Texas drive new life. Uh, They eventually led to the touchdown that went ahead in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State came back to tie it up on a late field goal and then lost in overtime. Look, it took five turnovers, essentially, uh, for Oklahoma State to lose this game. If you take away those five turnovers. If you take away the kickoff return touchdown, the Oklahoma State defense essentially held Texas to one real scoring drive. Everything else was gifted by a mistake by Oklahoma State. Now look full credit, Texas took advantage of those. Texas got the ball inside Oklahoma State's 25 multiple times because of turnovers. Oklahoma State dominated this game in every capacity except for turnovers. You can't you turn the ball over five times against anybody, you're going to lose that game. It's just that's that's going to happen. So here we are. Oklahoma State losing a game they probably shouldn't have. Full credit to Texas. They took advantage of it, and they got the win. Texas fans thinking I'm a salty Oklahoma State fan. I might be a little bit salty, but we all know a win doesn't mean a whole lot sometimes. Sometimes it's just a win. So Oklahoma State with their first loss of the season, and at this point, you look at this team and you say, playoff is out. No playoff for the Big 12. That's fine. I think we cared too much about the playoff. Big 12 title still in front of Oklahoma State. Still have Kansas State this coming weekend. Still have Oklahoma on the schedule. Still have plenty of opportunities to get some wins to, to propel Oklahoma State into that game in Arlington against someone else in the conference. So while the grandiose ex- hopes for the season, playoff berth, are gone, a Big 12 title is still on the line with still a lot to play for. And I think that's what matters the most for this team is you've got to get to the Big 12 title game. I think it's a big thing. I think that still is an opportunity for them. And, uh, and if they do that, it starts this weekend against Kansas State. So when you face Kansas State, let me, under- let me just explain Defense, Oklahoma State, it's about the defense. It's about the defense. If Oklahoma State's offense doesn't turn the ball over, if they don't make mistakes on special teams like running into the kicker or giving up a 100-yard kickoff return, this defense is good enough to win pretty much every game on the schedule. Okay, They have the best passing defense in the Big 12. They're holding teams to the fewest points per game in the Big 12. And that includes a Texas game that gave up 41 points, including uh, seven in overtime. So, look, this this Oklahoma State defense is for real. It really absolutely is. They've got playmakers all over the place. They lost two of their starting safeties in this game. Two guys got banged up, Trey Sterling and Colby Harbaugh Peel. And they still played lights out, okay? It was a fantastic defensive performance. The defense deserves no blame for what happened on this past Saturday. So that is going to be a big thing for Oklahoma State this weekend. If they avoid mistakes, if they don't turn the ball over, um, they have a. there's no reason to think that this defense won't do to Kansas State what it's done to everybody else. And that's, limit the passing game, maybe give them a big few plays, but they're going to force a lot of drives that end with zero points. They're going to force a lot of three and outs. And against Will Howard, who I think is going to be a good quarterback but isn't great thus far, that's the thing. You can rely on this Oklahoma State defense. We are five games in, and I think that's true. Absolutely. There's enough evidence to state that. You can say, well, da, da 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 if you don't believe me because of the Texas game, that's fine. Go look at the stats and you'll understand it. the final score does not tell the whole story. So, of course, the weakness on this team is turnovers. And that, that starts and kind of ends with Spencer Sanders, starting quarterback, redshirt sophomore. Um, look, he's a redshirt sophomore, but he's essentially played in 12 games. You want to add the Tulsa game where he played one drive and one snap before getting injured and, and, and missing the next three games? Sure. Then it's thirteen. But really, this is a guy who hasn't played a whole heck of a lot, but has shown talent and continues to improve. But still has a turnover problem. Okay, he he has a real turnover problem, and not just interceptions. Through those first twelve games, I'm taking the Tulsa game out of it. He's got fourteen interceptions and seven fumbles. It's a lot of turnovers. So that's the big concern for Oklahoma State. You know, I, I think. The offense is continuing to improve. I think first-year offense coordinator Casey Dunn is continuing to improve. And as long as Spencer Sanders doesn't cost this team with turnovers or Mike Gundy doesn't cost this team with special teams and mistakes because Mike Gundy coaches special teams, there's no reason to think Oklahoma State's not going to win this game. But that is the thing that could kill them. It did against Texas, and it will against anybody if they aren't careful. So a couple players to keep your eye on. Spencer Sanders, of course. How great is he going to be? Is he going to continue to improve? Can he cut down on the mistakes? I think that's big on defense. I'm really curious against this okay Kansas State offensive line. Who's going to end up with the most sacks? Uh, I'm really interested to see if Trace Ford can have a big game. I think he can here. Uh, Radarius Williams, specifically a cornerback, he's not a guy you're hitting a lot about, but that's because he's not making a lot of mistakes. Corner and offensive line, I think, are the two position groups where nobody talks about you unless you do something wrong. Oklahoma State's offensive line is a concern. Corner is not. So I think that's a big, big thing. So I think for this game against Kansas State, It comes down to, can the defense continue to play the way it has? There's no reason to believe it won't. Um, Is the offensive line going to be healthy? It's a big problem. They lost three guys before the season. They lost a couple guys in week one. They had a couple guys get banged up against Texas. This offensive line is beat up, and it's it's starting to go through guys a little bit too much. Jake Springfield is healthy and can play at left tackle. That's big. Tevin Jenkins can go. That's very important. So if this offensive line can hold up against Kansas State, that's big. If Spencer Sanders can avoid turning the ball over, that will be big. And I think Oklahoma State wins this game. That's what I think. If you want a final score, I hate giving score predictions because I think it's way too difficult um, to accurately predict a score. Um, I would, I would predict somewhere around based off of how good I think Kansas State's defense is, um, and will be this weekend in a bounce back game after, after facing West Virginia. I think Oklahoma State's defense is better than West Virginia. So I would say this game ends somewhere in the 28 to 17 range. Um, I could see it being closer than that. I could see it in a, in a 28 to 20 kind of game. Um, I think Kansas State will, will put some points up. I don't think they will put a lot up. I don't think they're going to put up more points than Iowa State did. And as long as Oklahoma State doesn't gift Kansas State drives with turnovers, uh, they're not, they're getting a lot of opportunities. So I will say somewhere in the 20, I'll say 28 to 20 feels like a pretty good score for me. Yeah. 28, 20, 28, 20 feels like an appropriate score. I got a lot of respect for this Kansas State team, a lot of respect for what Kleiman is doing in Manhattan. I don't have a ton of respect for Will Howard at this point yet. I need to see more from him. I don't have a ton of respect for this Kansas State offensive line. Uh, They've been, they've done a good job and I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll have a nice performance after the, the the drubbing that West Virginia handed them. But I think Oklahoma State's ready for a big performance after what happened against Texas. So I think Oklahoma State wins this. I'll say 28-20. to 20 And uh, good luck to the Wildcats.
3: A short time ago, in a stadium far, far away. Week 10, the Mountaineer strikes back. The Cats are now 4-2 and after being bested by a stingy Mountaineer defense 37-10. The Cats' only losses on the season now being Arkansas State and West Virginia. You would think that with two losses, the team would lose hope halfway through their season, especially one coming last week against the toughest game of the year so far, but the Cats are still tied for first in the big 12 and have no reason to show concern last week the Mountaineers being hailed as one of the best defenses in the big 12 proved it against the cats by holding the cats to only 10 points and forcing three turnovers true freshman quarterback will Howard threw for 181 yards one touchdown and three interceptions one of those being a pick six in the 37-10 loss. A supposedly injured Deuce Vaughn still led the team in carries with 9 and 22 yards on the ground, his fewest throughout any game so far this season. The Cats also struggled to move the ball and only converted 6 of 14 third downs on the game, something that they have struggled with throughout the entire season so far. The Cats' defense also struggled, giving up the most points they have in any game so far this season, with 37 expectations coming into the season were that the cats were going to finish seventh in the big 12 and not having much success really at all compare that to what we've seen so far this season a few good wins especially one on the road with a true freshman quarterback stepping in for an injured Skylar Thompson against TCU a game that the cats were underdogs in and they were projected to lose quite massively too, might I add The Cats are still tied for first in the Big 12, and for good reason. This team has shown strikes of brilliance. They can get wins, they can get it done, and if they're healthy, the defense can play extremely well. Do not give up hope on this team. The Cats this season could finish top five in the Big 12, maybe even top three in the conference, but that is a bit of a stretch, I will admit. But if they can continue to play the way they did the first half of the season through these first few weeks, we could still be looking at a 7-8 win season. A few strengths for this team. The defense has played extremely well up until this point when they played West Virginia in conference play. With one down week, there really shouldn't be any cause for concern that this defense can turn around within the next upcoming games. Special teams is another big strength of this team. We saw what this team is capable of, and we know that they can do it after seeing what they did against KU, and has potential to rip off a big return every single time they touch the ball. A few weaknesses, though. The Cats are falling to the injury bug left and right. Deuce Vaughn is suspected to have an injury, Tight end Briley Moore left the game with an injury against West Virginia. Dron McPherson left the game with an injury, but returned later on. And A.J. Parker is still battling an injury as well as he did not play against West Virginia. If the Cats want to win more games down the road, they need to find a way to stay healthy. A couple key players to watch for, not only in this next game, but going forward throughout the rest of the season. Will Howard. Now, the hate train was rolling on Will Howard after this game in the loss in Morgantown. It's a lot to ask of a true freshman quarterback to win a game against one of the, if not, the top defense in the Big 12. Howard, without his star running back for most of the game, also had to throw the ball 37 times on the road, might I add. That is a massive ask for a true freshman quarterback in his third start ever at the collegiate level. Did he make some mistakes? Yes, that is bound to happen with a younger quarterback who doesn't have as much experience as we've seen with a guy like Skylar Thompson. But you have to think of the situation that this 19-year-old has been thrown into. He will make mistakes, but I guarantee you he will learn from them. He has been given a monumental task, like I said, to command this team after Skyler Thompson goes down with a season-ending injury earlier on in the season. And he will only get better as time goes on. And unlike Obi-Wan Kenobi, Will Howard is not our only hope. The next guy I want to highlight here is Drew Wiley, leading the defensive line in both tackles with 19 and sacks 3.5. Drew Wiley is a force to be reckoned with in the trenches. The 6'4", 300-pound senior is making the most of his final season here and will continue to be a problem for opposing teams in the future. With the amount of attention being given to Wyatt Hubert after his tremendous first two seasons here with the Cats, it has allowed Wiley to become one of the more standout players on this stingy K-State defense and will be a major factor in trying to stop chuba Hubbard in Saturday's game. Important things needed to win this game on Saturday against Oklahoma State. The Cats need to win the battle on third down and limit turnovers going forward. Those are the two big factors to help them win this game against Oklahoma State. Like I said, the Cats were 6 and 14, 6 for 14 on third down against the Mountaineers and they gave the ball away 3 times through the air they need to put themselves in better situations to not get caught in these third down situations and not give the ball away they need to protect the ball with that my prediction for this Saturday cats 20 Oklahoma State 28 the cats still have a lot of work to do with the injury bug coming with a lot of younger players Stepping up in this offense and defense, there is a lot of work to do. But do not be surprised if the Cats come out like they did after their loss to Arkansas State and beat yet another Oklahoma team this season. The spread currently sits at 10.5 towards Oklahoma State, and I will respect that. Oklahoma State is a very good football team. The over-under sits at about 50 as well. So like I said, do not be surprised if the Cats come out with the fire under them wanting to prove that they can beat a good ranked team at home as well. I am Colin Settle, host of Settling the Score on Wildcat 91.9, new music now. You can find me on Twitter at Colin underscore Settle. Scott and Grant, thank you for allowing me to come onto your show, and I will toss it back to you.
0: Thank you, Philip and Colin, for those primers. Um, So this probably, you know, in a perfect world, would have uh, talked about this up at the top of the show, um, and we would be diving into the Oklahoma State game. But uh, just today – we have uh, three three uh, Wildcats hopping in the transfer portal. All of them were, uh, you know, COVID opt-outs. So the first one, the only the only one that really bothers me, Matthew Palomao, sorry, uh, stumbled over that. He was a defensive tackle from Arizona. Uh, he was a 5'7", uh, three-star over at Rivals defensive tackle. Jonathan Alexander, who is probably the most high-profile one based on Uh, his involvement in all the big off-season stories and made some big plays last year. And Thomas Grayson uh, running back from Oklahoma didn't really get on the field last year. Um, But, yeah, those are uh, three transfers. Um, Honestly, none of them really surprised me. I think, honestly, anyone who sat out, I think, is definitely a candidate to transfer. I hope Joe Irvin doesn't – he's the really only other uh, high-profile one. I guess Lance Robinson as well. I don't want either one of them to leave, but you got to think chances are at least 50-50. But with those three guys, um, you know, what are your thoughts? What, what do you think about them leaving? Um, do any of them sting uh, relatively hard?
2: Um. I don't feel particularly passionate about either one of them. Um, Any of the three. Outside of the D tackle, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the D tackle, what's his name? <laughs> so I always call him Pow Mao. I always stumble over his name. He's Pow Mao. Pow Mao. I don't know. I mean, he had potential to, you know, make an impact later in his career at K State. Um, I think I was probably in the minority that thought that. Alexander would actually come back Um, yeah you definitely um, were (laughs) the longer it went the more I kind of started to lean towards you know he's probably not actually going to come back Um, but just in his you know conviction with how much he wanted to change the culture at K-State I assumed you know he might actually do that but you know whatever and this has been a crazy year and it's been pretty difficult on everybody, particularly, you know, student athletes that have to, uh, you know, have a lot of responsibility. So, whatever. I wish them all luck and we move on. We go yeah, forward. No,
0: I, I want the best for all of them. I hope, uh, you know, I think Matthew, uh, I mean, I don't know what his options are, but again, with all the guys who transfer, I hope they find a spot and they are successful. You know, Alexander only has one year. I think he's been bouncing around between Texas and Florida. You know, he's the type of guy that, you know, if he ended up at a, you know, a UTSA, you know, maybe maybe go help the Roadrunners out. I, w- I would love to see that. I want nothing but the best for them. So maybe all yeah. three of them can go to UTSA and our buddy David can uh, just start stocking up on K-State transfers and they can win the Conference USA here in a couple of years. That'd be great. Yeah, so let's break down what we're going to be looking for, what this game is going to mean. Um, something that's wild, um, and I, I had to confirm it today, but uh, K-State, every time they've lost a game, they lose the immediate next game. So uh, in the climbing era, you lost to Oklahoma State, then Baylor, Texas, then West Virginia, Navy, then Arkansas State. So then the question becomes, can you avoid doing that? Um, Do you think there's anything to that, kind of losing two in a row?
2: I don't know. I mean, maybe, but that just seems kind of like a weird reach, Um, I think. I I really don't think – I don't think there's any actual pattern to –
0: But I would fucking take it because every time after you lose, you get like four straight wins. Yeah, you run off four. (laughs) Oh, no doubt. I
2: mean, if that means – <laughs> yeah, that, that would means mean we're big tall champions. Out, we're, that yeah, would mean I, we're big tall champions. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that if that is the actual case, but um, I don't think there is. I think it just has to do with. I guess we'll find out. You know, we'll find out. Then that means we're guaranteed to lose our bowl game and the opening game next season, though.
0: Yes, that would mean we would lose once again,
2: and, and, and this and pattern we, is going to continue forever.
0: And it would be the Sugar Bowl, so we'd lose to Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and then we would lose to Stanford to open the season.
2: That would suck. Those would be two tough, tough pills to swallow.
0: Yes, it would. Um, and then here's the other thing: if you win, as shitty as losing to West Virginia is, if you win, you are back in the driver's seat to make it to Arlington. And also, here's the thing: if you win either of the, and we, we said, hey, you have to win the West Virginia game to dream of Arlington. But I am now, I'm changing my tune. If you win either of the next two games, everyone has my prediction or permission, not the people need my permission, to go all in dreaming for Arlington. Are you on that same boat? If you win either Oklahoma State or Iowa State, are you yourself going all in on dreaming for it and giving the bonehead nation permission
2: to dream? If we win one out of the next two... I mean, we're still in very good shape, and every game. I mean, yeah, I would. I wouldn't have a lot of confidence. I would be dreaming. I would be dreaming. Um, I think that's fair to say, um, because shit, I don't fear Texas, even though I probably should. I don't fear Baylor. Yeah, I mean, we'd be in good shape. I think it'd be. I think it's safe to say that we could be dreaming again. Okay, so so that's what <laughs> and we that need. would help we- us massively, obviously, with the tiebreakers. <laughs>
0: Yep. So, so boneheads—that's that, what we need. We need a win this week or uh, in two weeks after the bye. Um, this is another matchup with the top 15 team, but uh, as shitty as it sounds, Skylar Thompson isn't playing that game. Uh, Skylar Thompson, your all-time winningest quarterback for top 10, top 15 games. Um, can Will Howard start kind of carving out his own little uh, piece of folklore? Full, full some, uh, you know, start tallying up some top 15 victories. Again, everyone loves to shit on Skylar Thompson, but he somehow found a way to get it done in these games. I mean, the Skylar Thompson coming out party, he threw for touchdowns, ran for close to 100 yards, and scored some on the, with his feet versus, Oklahoma, versus a top 10 Oklahoma State team. Uh, so can Will Howard start to uh, create a little bit of legend in himself? Um, you know, that's going to be on my mind. Another one is going to be, can we find a way to move the ball on offense some? It's, it's another very good defense. Some would even say better than West Virginia. Um, and that would at least calm down all the vitriol when it comes to the offensive side of the ball and the staff. Um, what is the minimum sort of points that you would need to see to say, hey, you know, we took a step forward. We looked better. Uh, I, when it comes to the offense, I'm taking a little chill
2: pill. How many points do you need to see? jesus oh man i mean at least 21 i need to see at least like three touchdowns for me to feel like we've made some sort of progress offensively
0: um All right. boneheads tweet us in how many points do you need to see from the offense we're not talking about pick sixes we're not talking about uh returns how many points do you need to see produced by the offense for you to have your nerves calmed about the offense? Um, and then the last one, uh, it's it's trying to avenge a loss against the team you lost to last year. We failed it at our first attempt, trying for it again. Um, it's again, it's kind of a stupid talking point, but probably until you do it, it's probably going to hang over the heads a little bit. Um, I don't necessarily think that is some, you know, hallmark of the climbing era, but you know, we need to get off the schneid versus teams he team team lost to the first time, so. Hopefully it gets it. What are, like, one or two things you're really going to be looking for, keying in on, and hoping to see on Saturday?
2: I don't know, man. I just want to – I just want to have a chance. I feel like coming out of that absolute drubbing, um, my confidence level is really low. I don't know – I mean, I hope we can have A.J. Parker back for starters. And – I mean, that would just give me confidence to have certain players back on the field to give us a chance. I don't have a lot of confidence for this game at all. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not, I just don't feel like we have a very good chance to win <laughs> on Saturday. Um, I mean, what are you looking for? I, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's,
0: no, it's okay. I understand. I, for me, it really just does come back to, can you get your swagger back it's on It's such defense? a bad
2: matchup. Yeah, I it's agree. It's another with you, awful matchup for us.
0: Because at least the way they play defense and the way their offense runs, I mean, they're very similar to West Virginia in that sense. And uh, we saw what happened. But, but, again, I think that there was – I think everything that could have gone wrong before the game went wrong. Um, they were distracted. They were – maybe feeling themselves a little too much. Uh, you have to travel, and then you have to bus, and it's just a weird situation. You're at home. Uh, you had your wake-up call. Again, I'm I'm just uh, – again, you're kind of grasping at stuff. But, again, you know, it's the, it's the first game where Deuce Vaughn doesn't go off. Um, no one stepped up on offense. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably uh, – I don't know. I don't know either. Now you got me depressed. I mean,
2: I feel like we could bounce back just, you know, somewhat in terms of having a little bit more grit and moxie and pride in ourselves. Um, You know, we will definitely come out, I'm sure, with a fire lit. However, that doesn't change the fact that doesn't make us any better necessarily. I just don't, I just worry about how limited we are offensively. It seems like if we, we don't, if we don't, um, cash in on that first like scripted drive we tend to struggle um and I I don't know hopefully hopefully we can get in the end zone early create a little confidence and um keep keep Oklahoma State on their toes but
0: yeah so so Jimmy on on Twitter he, he put some of his gifts and some of them are over on KSO he really diagrammed some of those plays in those first handful of drives and how close we were like there were like will Howard missed some throws that could have been big plays there are offensive linemen that they just could have gotten a little bit more contact some of those runs and screen passes could have gone farther I've I don't know maybe I'm doing this right here in this moment I'm tricking myself into thinking that yes the offense looked super bad but they were very close to you know maybe getting a couple big plays and scoring 24 so I I, I think I've just done that to myself to try to counteract your you know, depression. But I, I think – I don't know. Yeah, we need Will, that. If Will Howard on, on that, that throw to Sebastian where everyone wanted uh, defensive pass interference, that deep ball, well, if he just puts it outside the hash instead of trying to force him into it, that's a touchdown. Uh, the, the interception, south Porter, he puts that inside the hashes. Again, he catches that, and that's maybe a touchdown. The screen pass to Deuce Vaughn, if they pick up a linebacker right there on the cut block that Deuce Vaughn had, it took out Noah Johnson. If Noah Johnson stays on his feet, he clips the safety, and Harry Trotter gets in the end zone. They were close. And, again, I, I didn't plan on saying all this, but I – I don't, know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. What is it about me? Because I didn't used to be the optimistic guy. Uh, during yeah, the, West Virginia, during the West Virginia game, I melted down. But even like 30 minutes later, I'm like, okay, like here's why this might be okay. I don't know what to do with my hands. Because I'm here I am grasping <laughs> for positive stuff when we just used to be two depressed boys on a pod.
2: It's possible. Anything can happen. Um, I don't like that Oklahoma State is also coming off a loss, and you know, they <laughs> that's <not> are <laughs> going to have.
3: To, they have to correct
2: course, and they have like you know they are genuinely one of the teams that should be in the driver's seat, and they have to correct course like immediately. If they drop this game, that's massive for them. Even more so, pro- I mean, it's equally massive for us, but. I don't know. It's possible. Um, we're going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat, though. Um, and maybe we will. <laughs> we've, we've done it before this year. Maybe we will. Yeah. All right. Well, and how are we going to do that? Let's, yeah, keys t- to, to let's, let's tell the people how we're going to fucking do it.
0: Yeah. Give me your uh, keys my to first beat, one. is.
2: We have to contain their stars. I've said it a few times. You know, we need to make every offense earn their points and kind of Kind of be that bend, don't break defense. Give up three points instead of six. Um, avoid the chunk plays. Force them to earn every point. I think if we do that, um, and we've done it in the past, really since kind of the second half of Oklahoma, where we've the defense has really kind of performed at a high level. Um, I think if we make them earn it and kind of limit Chuba, limit Tyler and Wallace, we'll have a chance. They have other weapons, of course, but if we take those guys, if we limit those guys from their normal contribution, we'll have a chance.
0: Yep, yeah, mine almost similar to when I started harping on uh, getting the run game going, which only lasted for one game. I'm harping on a just fucking get to the red zone a couple more times, but then once you get there, score touchdowns again. Uh, you know, I just I just went on a rant about how we were closer maybe than folks think. But, again, you have to capitalize on those opportunities, especially the opportunities early. Momentum for this team, I think, is maybe bigger than I wish it would be. But I think this team strives and just thrives off of momentum. So, if you get the momentum going early with a red zone appearance and a touchdown, I think that's going to be massive. Uh, What's your second key
2: to V? My second key to V is get to the fourth quarter within a score. To create belief this team cannot score in bunches outside of you know what we saw in the second half of that Oklahoma game playing from behind not a recipe for success if we um can scrape our way you know defensively bullshit our way to the fourth quarter within you know six points seven points we can really we can give ourselves a chance I mean we're at home uh we can we could steal it but we're gonna have to steal it
0: definitely my final one is force turnovers Spencer Sanders can throw for a touchdown or a pick six on literally any given play. We need to force pressure with the front four and take advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves to take the ball away. I'm telling you right now, if we don't force any turnovers, there's zero chance we win this game. But the lucky part about it is Spencer Sanders is a turnover machine. He will give you those opportunities. So we are going to give our game predictions, and they are brought to you by Bet Online. Remember to visit Bet Online, our exclusive online wagering partner for all your betting needs all football season long. Remember, if you send me a bet slip from a Mac game bet, I will send you a Bosco's Boys Acusey. Use promo code Armchair for your welcome bonus. With COVID. We're only predicting K-State games this year. We'll talk about some Big 12 games. We'll talk about some national games in a little bit. But, Grant, give me your score prediction for Saturday.
2: Oh, I've got – I don't feel good about this. i got to say it, though. I've got Oklahoma State 34, K-State 14. Ooh. 14. I just don't feel good about it at all. <laughs> I, I, have it, I have it a little bit closer than
0: you, and I think this game, the last time I checked it, it was Oklahoma State 10-and-a-half. Um, so, I, I'm going to have K-State covering. I'm going to say it's closer than what folks realize. I'm not going to pick it. It's 12-and-a-half. Ah, holy shit, it's 12-and-a-half. Yikes, that sucks. But I'm going to have K-State scoring 24 points, much better game offensively but I think uh, Oklahoma State scores 38. So, no, I'm going to have Oklahoma State cover 38-24 pokes. Uh, don't like it, but uh, I think the offense gets it going. I just think that uh, – think their offense is going to have a big game because I'm just not – just not sold AJ Parker's going to be back. But it is what it is. Let's just run down the Big 12 games real quick. West Virginia at Texas, both teams are coming off season, changing wins. They're trying to keep momentum going. I think Tom Herman truly is coaching for his job each and every week. And Neil Brown is trying to continue his uh, rebuilding project uh, with a ton of success out of West Virginia. Uh, Does Neil Brown keep it going or is Tom Herman uh, going to start uh, booking, looking at hotels in Arlington?
2: I think Neil Brown is, I think Tom Herman gets fired after this weekend. So you're saying West Virginia wins then? I do. I I think West Virginia wins. Um, and and a Tom
0: Herman firing. Honestly, anytime Texas loses from here out for the rest of the season, Tom Herman 100% could be fired. So, I yeah. I think I think that's I, I like that shout. Uh, KU at Oklahoma. How ugly could this game get? KU are 35 point underdogs. And that doesn't really seem like enough, but I I feel like. Oklahoma will eventually call off the dogs. But how funny would it be if Oklahoma just said fuck it and tried to score 100?
2: God, I would love that. It would be great. I mean, it would be great. We would be having
0: a party. I think it would be hilarious. Uh, Baylor, I I would say if there's ever a time for Baylor to uh, find a little bit of magic this uh, year, Saturday has to be the day. But I think it probably would have to take a monumental effort by the Cyclones to even let this be – close to a game I think Iowa State wins big
2: yeah I would agree um yeah I agree Baylor's terrible yep all right that would be amazing I mean oh if there's one time to cheer for Baylor though
0: oh it's it's the only time and I'll tell you this right now I'll take a guaranteed loss for Oklahoma State if someone offered me a guaranteed Baylor win on Saturday I would too that's probably shitty, but whatever. All right, let's just talk about two national games that you're going to have your eye on uh, over this football weekend. I left you the obvious one.
2: Okay. Um, I want you to start because my internet is fucking up. So, Well, I assume I have, your like, first game would be
0: Clemson-Notre Dame.
2: I mean, that's the obvious one, yes. Good call. I forgot that was this week. Um, I was so focused on our contest. And, yeah, of course, because I thought – there was a pot, slim, slim, slim possibility of us getting College Game Day, but that was always going to be a huge roadblock. So I don't even know um, if it
0: went to that game. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything, but I, I don't mean, even
2: care. I nope. think College Game Day blows ass. I haven't watched I it. in think like it's, three or four years. I actually
0: think it's gotten better this year.
2: I actually really that maybe I just I just don't care about it. I don't know why. Maybe I it's because we're not good. I usually I mean, we're
0: okay. I usually ha- I mean they've picked our game like every week. So, I mean, we have some national relevance. Um, I, if there's not an EPL game that I'm invested in, I watch college game, day, and I think it's been really good this year. Do you think – so there's no Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, gun to your head, we're not doing official predictions, but no Trevor Lawrence. Does Notre
2: Dame uh, knock off Clemson? I mean, maybe. Clemson looked pretty terrible against Boston College. Um, and I kind
0: of called it. I didn't know Trevor Lawrence was going to be bad, but it, in the game swatch, I did say that was going to be closer than the experts think. I think Clemson still does it. I hate Notre Dame.
2: I still think Clemson wins. Um, I mean, they've got an elite defense. I never I never believe in Notre Dame. And Fuck Notre Dame. I'm tired I of Clemson just- too, but fuck Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. All right. So my national game one is just Wednesday night Maction. There's games all over ESPN3, ESPN 3, ESPN Plus, ESPN 2, ESPN, ESPN U, and CBS Sports Network. Maction is back, and I'm pumped. I want more weeknight football. The fun belt is fun, but Maction, you know, is the original. It, it, it's the original. Before this podcast even started, I remember watching a Maction game with you in Double Shift um, and just enjoying life so everyone drink a beer and enjoy maction tonight you're listening to this on wednesday enjoy some maction tonight grant you have a second national game you'll have your eye on.
2: Uh, (laughs) i fucked up here let me open this shit up schedule 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 no it's
0: fine i'll I'll just talk so you're gonna have some mountain west mountain west is back friday night BYU boise that's a good one 8.45 8.45 on Friday, Boise hosts number nine BYU in what might be the only game standing between BYU and an undefeated season. I think I saw Boise was even favored, which I would not touch in a million years. I, I would almost even consider playing BYU if they're the underdog because here's the thing. That's Boise's first game of the season. BYU, they haven't played anyone. They've played a bunch of shit. But guess what? But uh, no, BYU by three. Still, I'm, I still might take that. Even if, even though it's on the road, they they've played a bunch of shit. And yes, but this is. Bo- wait, Boise's played two games. Oh my god! I feel like such a stooge. I feel like a fraud. They played Utah State and Air Force already. Man, I feel like a fraud. No one listened to me. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. How about big SEC matchup in Florida and Georgia. I mean that's that's an awesome game. I'm so caught up on myself being a fraud. I didn't think Boise had started playing it. Mountain West, I guess, started playing uh, a couple of weeks ago. But man, BYU's played seven games already. That's wild. I guess we played six. Yeah, you thought they
2: played two? What?
0: No, I th- I thought I thought no, I thought Boise hadn't played at all. I thought BYU had played six or seven.
2: I'm a fr- oh, okay.
0: I thought Mountain was. I, I think Boise gets rocked. I mean, I don't think they get. Uh, they might get rocked. It doesn't matter. Those are our games to watch. Wow, this has kind of been a uh, shitty back into the pod, and we apologize. But this is what I'm going to do. Boneheads, first off, tell us what games you're going to be keyed in on outside just the K State game. Two. Tell me your keys to V. Let's get some conversation going on the social media. Tag Grant. Tag myself. Tag Bosco's voice. Tell us the keys to V. Also, tell us what you're looking for. Tell us the storylines that you're focusing in on this week and going into Saturday. Let's have a little fun on Twitter. Um, I have a lot of meetings on Wednesday, but whatever. I I don't care. I'll still tweet you back. So let's just have a little fun on Twitter. Let us know what games you're watching. Let us know the keys to V and uh yeah just keep rocking with us on friday we're gonna have Case state behind the scenes with cody Ezer. it's our second installment of the series i kind of went rogan did it last night when he said he was available sorry grant uh you get it's another okay. fr- free play friday off but yeah we That's love you guys it is good cody's awesome again so many great people who work at Case state that don't get the credit they deserve. That's the goal behind this series. So Cody's awesome. Uh, be ready for that on Friday. Uh, tweet, share, you know, just have fun. Just, you know, you survived election season 2020. Celebrate that. We love you Maybe. guys. Maybe. Yeah, we're recording <laughs> this. Like yeah, we, we don't actually know. We don't actually know.
2: <laughs> that could be some serious... Fucking chaos to ensue. Who knows? Hopefully,
0: know. well, do, I'm saying this like in like anticipation that anyone who's listening survived. Like, what's wild is this could be like saved off in the ether, and then if the world ends overnight, no one ever hears this episode, which might be okay. This wasn't our best.
2: But, That's okay. You
0: know,
2: we love you guys. We're gonna we're gonna bounce back going to bounce back talking about um, a massive win against something State. will bring the positive energy that day.
0: I love it. I love it. Alright. Uh, love you guys. Don't be dicks. Seriously, just don't be dicks to each other. Um, that's all I got. What do you have to say? Um, yeah,
2: same thing. Don't be dicks, I guess. It's a really nice sentiment, Scott. Um, Good luck to everybody out there and in the cap.